Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene, paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers, the ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country on the Triple M Network and on the brand new listener app, you can stream us 52 stations. This is exciting for me. We're celebrating an iconic Australian band and an album that celebrates 25 years. Of course, I'm talking about... Regurgitator's Unit. So many hits. My first CD. Been trying to get this band on for such a long time. So many requests, so many people are amped for this tour. 25 years, it's going around the country in good company too. We got Butterfingers, we got Custard, DC Death Race. As I welcome to Triple M's homegrown Quam from Regurgitator. How are you, man? So good to have you in. Good, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. This is uh, 25 years. Does it feel like it's gone quickly or does it feel like it's... Uh... Just feels like yesterday. <laughs> does it really? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the first city of mine, I've always been fascinated with the recording of it. Uh, can you take us back to the writing of these songs, how it kind of happened? It was in Brizzy when you first kind of were putting it all together? Yeah, we um we were looking for a studio yeah. and there wasn't one that seemed appropriate. So we hired this house that was going to get demolished in like three weeks. Oh, really? So we had a deadline, which is it's always <laughs> good to have a deadline. Is that how it worked, really? Yeah. You had three weeks. Pretty was- much three weeks. It was an old rehearsal studio that was due for de- demolition. Right. Well, I think maybe we had a, a month or something like that, but we had to set it up first. So the guys set it up and um, yeah, we just we went into this place <laughs> and it was like falling down. I had like really bad carpet underlay all over the yeah. all over the walls. To get some uh, soundproofing and um, just a shitty kind of um, mattress on the ground. That was really that was the lounge, the listening lounge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Piss stained uh, mattress. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, yeah, we had like a really old Pro Tools, uh, Pro Tools, Pro Tools system. Okay, right. But with ADATs. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know if we had Pro Tools at that point. Might have been pre Pro Tools actually. Pre Pro Tools, yeah. So probably. like ADATs, which is like one of these weird um, digital tape things that oh, existed right. in the nineties that were like a passing. It's like a passing phase. Type, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in between. Format. Yeah, really, really unreliable and really dodgy. We don't actually have the masters. They don't really? exist anymore. No one has them. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So they're gone. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a pretty rough and ready setup. So were all those songs like written before you got into the house? Because I was looking at your touring schedule because you were in the States with Helmet and the Melvins as well. Yeah, yeah. We were going pretty hard. I had a look at all the dates actually we did. We did like about oh. 90 shows that, that year or maybe more, maybe 100 or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 96, 94. 95, 96 were really mm. hell, hell years. I was going to say, man, that, that's just like, and so, you know, yeah. small van as well. It's not like the big, yeah, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Small van. I don't know how many songs we had written, maybe only two or three for unit. I think we went in and yeah. we were just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, listen to a lot of 80s music. Nice. Magoo, our producer at the time, who we're now working with again, actually, which is kind of cool on the next record. That's um, cool, man. He was just like big Beatles fan. So he was like, listen to the Beatles, listen to the old 80s stuff that you love and you grew up with. And, you know, do something, do whatever you want. Cool. And I guess, like, you listen to those songs and there's, like, uh, there's so many layers to it. And as you know, when you're exper- experimenting with sounds in the studio, that can take time. I guess, how did it kind of, how did you do it 
so quickly? I, I think we were just like really open to whatever. Like we were young, yeah. obviously had a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there was a lot of friction in the band as well, especially after touring together for so long. <laughs> That's what people don't understand, like, because those big tours, right, uh, I think people know what Australian touring is like, but explain what those 90-day American tours are like. It's like a gig every night, right? Um, yeah, I mean, we toured a lot in Australia as well. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We did like whatever we could get a hold of. Paul really kind of yeah. got everything going. Um, and we were just up for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after, after a hundred shows together on the road, you really start to kind of, there's a lot of niggling things. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it's the little things, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just remember the European tour towards the end of, of our first lineup where like people were just so pushed to the, to the extreme, you know, threatening to leave in the middle of, of the tour. Oh, right. Like okay. That. It was pretty, um, it gets pretty ugly having fights in the, in the van and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's snow planes all in every direction and they're threatening to get out and just run and yeah. go for it. Yeah. So yeah, it happens to the best of them. Uh, I just wanted to play this little snippet of audio I found about, uh, I think Ben was talking about this on recovery. We were getting a lot of really bogan dudes to our shows. Yeah, that was amazing. And there was a lot of violence and we oh saw a lot of broken legs and arms and stuff. And we went, we kind of want more girls. And that kind of happened at the same time. We were actually re-listening to like, you know, She's So Unusual by Cindy Lauper and Devo and, Devo and Don Henley, a lot of cheesy 80s stuff. And then I think we had I Like Your Old Stuff and it was a really punk song. It just kind of sounds like it's been done and we just thought if we'd try like a Gary Newman kind of vibe and we just laughed, like thought it was hilarious. (laughs) And then we're just trying to like one up each other. And then it exploded after its release. Yeah, I mean, we were expecting like a massive backlash because it was so different to the the record before. Yeah. And like he was saying, it was like a, it was a heavy, we were known as a heavy band. Um, And, you know, we get a lot of dudes, like a a real Cock Forest type thing going on at our shows and it was getting a bit much. And yeah, it was amazing how it did explode and how the crowd really altered. Yeah. Like it grew obviously, but there was a a nicer vibe, but definitely something that we were looking forward to and we headed towards. Yeah. People definitely reacted to it. I mean, like, album of the year, you beat Kylie Minogue, Natalie Imbruglia, You Am I, The Whitlam's too. Um, when you're nominated in, like, a category with artists like that, you just, it, there's no way. Like, you just like, this is... Uh, I'm a little bit ambivalent towards awards. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I didn't even go to that. But yeah, no, you weren't there. I saw the others. How come? Were you just like... Just... I was just like, oh, I want to chill with my girlfriend in, the, oh, nice. in the hotel. I don't really want to go to this thing. It's not my scene. Yeah. Um, fortunately, the other guys went and, um, yeah, we did get lucky. Like, I was surprised. Yeah. Everyone was surprised. Mm. Um, I never won anything as a kid. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, well... Got some awards, great. Mum will be proud. Yeah. And I know if you've seen those arias, they're dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fall on them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where they are now. It's yeah. not really my thing. But uh, Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, we were super amazed and really proud at the time. Yeah, man. I think it's an album that still holds up today. And, like, the response to this tour has been crazy too. Like, one of your Melbourne shows at the iconic forum venue sold out, you know, in, like, a day, like, so quickly. What, what's it like kind of reflecting on that, you know, 25 years later? Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really like grateful that we can still play and we still enjoy it. Yeah. I think we're a better live band than we were, to be honest. Like, I feel like we play better. We're more kind of uh, tight and we're enjoying it as much, if not more. It's like a family now. It's really, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's no kind of bullshit and it's really, really pleasant to be around the guys and it's just yeah. lovely to get back together again and yeah. have fun. And this tour, we got our first uh, keyboard player back. Shane. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he on all the recovery he's, clips? Uh, yeah. He's oh, the cool. That, he's so fun and he's just like cr- crazy chaotic dude. <laughs> yeah. Our very first show we played with him 
uh, on board was the Australian Sports Awards or something. Okay, right. Dawn Fraser sitting in the front. Oh, really? Row, yeah, <laughs> and he's like, like jumping around. Kieran Perkins. And then he just walks out on stage, pulls out all of the power of his <laughs> live. We can't do it again. Yeah. Um, he's pulled out all the power to his samplers and he's just, there's a, there's a screen where you can see his shadow frantically trying to plug it all in. <laughs> We're playing a song that needs backing and it just doesn't appear. So we've just got to like force our way through it. And yeah, there's been so many, I think we played the ARIA Awards once and he, he was going nuts because he does. Yeah. And he, Managed to knock a thirty thousand um, dollar automated light into the crowd. It landed in the lap of a girl. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, yeah. she didn't get burnt or anything. There was no yeah. lawsuits or anything. Yeah. But he's just—he's a real chaotic element. But he's a sweet dude. Like, yeah, really cool. Sweet. So it's going to be really fun. Oh man, I had so much fun like revisiting all those like early recovery clips as well. And Hoagsy from Powderfinger was on drums. Ah, uh, for that one tour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What was that like? Kind of. Um. It was good. Yeah. Like, cool. I think. I think we had a really good time playing. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It was a bit, bit of a strange fallout afterwards, but it was cool. Okay. It was cool. Um, I want to play a little bit of a game with you. This is what we do uh, for everyone that comes in. It's called... So it's called Memory Lane. I've gone through your gig history mm-hmm. and I've picked out random gigs. Oh, God. Just to see <laughs> if you remember something. Now, some people don't remember anything. Sometimes uh-huh. the gigs are like put in, not accurately, but I just want to like see what comes to mind sure. when we go to these gigs and see what happens. So the big day out, 1995, we had... Primal Scream, Offspring. Silver Chair 2. I mean, it was huge. Front End Loader and uh, Good Friends. Custard as well. Any memories from uh, from that tour? <laughs> Your whole as well. Whole. Yeah. Did you ever meet Courtney Love? I didn't. I just, I, they, those guys were really elusive. I think they flew in in helicopters and stuff. And <laughs> oh, really? Super demanding. Okay. Like, really demanding. That's what I heard. Like one of the worst. <laughs> yeah. Like the tour manager, I remember meeting him and he was just like, oh, what a headache. <laughs> yeah. It was such a headache for him. I, I don't actually remember that. That would have been one of the first ones, right? That we ever did. I mean, we did a lot. Yeah. Did like five or six of them at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no. I can't remember that one at all. I think I think bands, uh, you know, looking back on those festivals, even though there are heaps of festivals now, I think like they were jealous that they were never on that one. Can you explain like the excitement of being, it was really the only festival at that time and you re- literally had the biggest bands in the world all together yeah. throughout summer. Yeah. What was it like being a young band? You know, you're in your prime. You, you, how was, much fun was it? It was so much fun. It's nerve wracking, but also really fun. And obviously they were the first really, we did do a tour with the Chili Peppers to begin with. Oh, cool. So that was the first entertainment center kind of crowd we'd ever played to. So 10,000 plus. But being on the big stage, a big day out, when there's like 30,000, 25,000 people in front of you, it's pretty insane. Yeah. When you're a young band, especially like, damn. It's so so alien. It's like nothing you can ever kind of put your finger on. It's really weird. And I feel like the fans are different then too. Like, you'd know, like when you play a gig, all you see now is phones. Like there's no phones back yeah, then. It's just yeah. like, I feel like that's a huge difference as so well. Which is different about music and, and just the way people like integrate with it. It's so different. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to 1995 where you played uh, a headline show with Front End Loader. At the Metro in Sydney. Oh, Metro. Love that venue. Yeah, talk to me. It's a, it's a pretty special gig for those who haven't been there before. We played the Metro a lot and it's probably one of my favorite live venues to play actually. It's got a really nice vibe. It's a good size for us. We're kind of like a, a band that doesn't really know how to entertain more than uh, like 1,500 to a, like a couple of thousand. I feel a Is little that bit weird? strange yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point. It's kind of like big gestures and like <laughs> grand kind of 
motions on stage and I've never been that great at it. I, <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. I have good banter and other times I'm just, I clam up and I don't know what to say. Yeah. But the Metro was like consistently one of the best uh, venues and oh, we had so many good shows there. It just sounds good. It feels good. It's got that nice slope where people can see yeah. everything. I've like- seen some incredible shows there. Like amazing. Like the hives. I saw the hives there. I've seen like um, uh, Cornelius. That was one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was yeah. incredible. And I feel like um, uh, like doing a gig like that with a band like Front End Loader at the time would have been like pretty fun as well. Well, yeah, and and as a result, you know, Pete joined the band after touring with those guys for so yeah. long. He was like the go-to guy. So yeah, yeah, and we've really loved having him on board. So it's been great. Oh, dude, he's one of the great drummers, man. Yeah. He's uh, let's go. Nineteen ninety-seven uh, in Melbourne. We've got the Pushover Festival, which uh, featured <laughs> Living Ann. Rinspoon, Friends of Rom and the Jebs. Also, uh, something for Kate as well. Body Jar, Shed 14, Docklands, ring any bells? The Meanies weren't on that one, were they? I think we did a couple of pushover tours. Were the Meanies on that one? No. Uh, it doesn't say here, but it doesn't mean that they weren't. Yeah, yeah. I remember the pushovers just being a really awesome kind of institution for like really young kids in the country to come out to. Oh, cool. So it was just like so important for, for bands to do with them and just the response. I think there might have been one that we did with Silverchair, the Meanies. And I just remember seeing Silverchair for the first time and just the scream, the screaming girls. I'd never seen anything like it before. It was so intense. So what, what, how old would they have been then? Was that just after their first really, album? Really, really young. Like yeah. really young. Yeah, just out of the first record. Yeah. Yeah. And what were they like? What were they like live? Oh, they were great. Like yeah. his voice was stunning. And yeah. they, you know, they were a rock band. Absolutely. They they performed really well. What I love about this festival, like uh doing my research and looking at it, is like um I think I've seen a few bills that are similar to that now, which I think is really cool. Like that oh, yeah. all those bands are kind of still going, like, you know, the Living End, Spider Bait, Grinspoon. Yeah. And everyone still looks great. Like you have an age today. Oh, what is it with it's 90s Australian singers, they all just look great. It's the man cream. <laughs> no, I mean, with, um, it's, the, it's all the packs with the devil that everyone did back in the 90s. <laughs> all the deals. <laughs> That's right, the deals. Um, yeah, we just played like a, um, a, a real 90s festival with Jebediah and, and uh, Grinspoon headlining and stuff like that. It's just really lovely to catch up with everyone. Magic Dirt and stuff. Yeah. I haven't seen those guys for so long. Yeah. Especially after the, the extended break for, with COVID and stuff. Mm. So that was awesome. And they're just... You, you lose all of that young kind of like nervousness where you just kind of, you're too kind of afraid to approach these guys because you think of, everyone's thinking of each other as rock stars and they're yeah. like, there's these walls up and this comp- weird competition feeling and, you know, you're nervous as hell. And now it's all just like, we're older. We're everyone's just so happy to see each other, yeah, right? exactly. We're, we're looking like reminisce and we're like, hey, we're still doing it. We're still enjoying it. It's great. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, you look at a lot of those lineups too. They're, they're on great stages too, like Down the Green or the Red Hot Summer Tour. Like they're, big kind of touring festivals, which is awesome because like the man's there. Yep. People want to go and relive these bands they used to go see. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, let's go to um, in 2000, you played <laughs> Meredith Music Festival. Not Meredith. Yeah, Meredith. Also, you got John Butler. Augie March, you're mine. And I don't think Andrew G would have been playing the Resin Dog. It's a special place to play, isn't it, Meredith? It's awesome. It's one of our favourite like um, festivals to play. Do you, really do you remember those early kind of ones? Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember arriving. At, uh, also, lawn and, and fe- festivals and the yeah. smaller ones that are kind of like boutique and 
the, the, the start of those boutique festivals. Yeah. It's really lovely when they cap them at a nice kind of 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 max kind of thing. And it's just a really good vibe. And, you know, you, you arrive when you're like, I remember arriving like almost 10 minutes late for the show once because we got lost. Janet, I think Janet from Spider-Man was driving me or something and I arrived, had to get run onto stage straight away, put my guitar on to start playing. So stupid. But yeah, it's that sort of stuff you can get away with and it's kind of, everyone's really kind of chill about it. You guys ever missed a gig with the intention to get there on the day or? No, no, I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah. Uh, our, our first drummer did actually miss a show, um, but you know, he was unfortunately, he had an accident, so it was really okay. impossible. But we were standing there on the stage in front of like 1,500 kids <laughs> and no drummer, <laughs> we're just waiting on stage. And we had to pull kids out of the crowd to play with us and the drummer, yeah. drummer from She Had played and then. No uh, way. Yeah, it was nuts. It was really crazy. Like a really, really difficult, difficult show. I was going to say, a gig like that, uh, like you were saying before, when you kind of go above that 1500, you're talking about, that's where the banter has to be on point, right? Yeah. Because like when something goes wrong, yeah, it's hard, man. It's almost like a, it's a real skill set. Yeah, yeah. I don't know many people were at that show. I don't know if I've really met that many people, but. I think it was okay. <laughs> it was totally memorable. One triple three five two. If you were there, uh, another experience I've got to uh, ask you about because I was coming in and watching you most of the time. Band in the bubble. Yes. Does that it feel is, like it's the weirdest thing I've ever done in my life? I think so weird, but so cool. And what I think is really cool about it, like I've been on YouTube and um, there's a huge audience. Like heaps of people are watching it, going, "This is really cool." Like people are discovering it now from oh, really? all around the world. Yeah, yeah you see the comments down below, and they've been different. Oh, languages and stuff yeah okay uh for people who don't know too much about band in the bubble can you explain how it kind of came to be i don't know how it started <laughs> i mean i was living in london for a little while we hadn't done any work for a little while yeah um and um paul our manager put this idea of us just getting in this like box and and uh getting in brisbane mall i think he was saying yeah. at first and i wanted to move back to melbourne at some point but i'd seen david blaine doing his thing in that little um cube just next to the T thames i'd walk past there every now and again just <laughs> wandering around london and i was like okay let's maybe it's time to give it a go and he he got the ball rolling really quick yeah got channel v involved and um they spent like a million bucks building this thing or something ridiculous in the yeah. middle of fed square so we lived in a glass room yeah. with nowhere to hide except the toilet area that was out the back uh, with Jabba from Channel V. He slowly was, lost his mind. He, he lost his mind very quickly. I don't yeah. even know if he had a mind to go in there with, to be honest. <laughs> he certainly, yeah, he chucked out the window pretty quick. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, we would wake up in the morning and there'd be like whole netball teams, girls just looking at you in your underpants and like people watch. I met people who had watched us on webcams 24 hours, oh. seven days a week for the whole three weeks. Oh. Really, they, knew, they knew more about my moles and stuff in my body than I did, you know, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, certainly most one of the most surreal oh, totally. uh, experiences I've ever experienced, ever. Man, I, I bet you're glad you did it because it is such a cool and unique thing. I actually enjoyed it. Like, I, yeah. I, I think Pete uh, had a hard time. I think probably the guy, our crew guy at the time, Hugh, who's a lovely guy, mm. um, I think he was a little scarred by it as well. So, well, I mean, it's always going to happen. I mean, the good thing is you've got that experience with kind of being in such a close proximity of each other. So going in, it was going to be okay. But like, yeah, you throw in Jabba, who just, you know, he's just, yeah. I mean, you know, that, a, that aspect of it was a little bit chaotic. Yeah, sure. but that album, man, good songs. Like, it's it's cool. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I felt like we didn't really capitalize on it. We got a lot of press, obviously, but it was just a bit of a strange experience. And a lot of the record was written in pre-production beforehand okay, so yeah. it was extremely nerve-wracking being in there and really hard to focus on art and actually creating 
Yeah. So I, I don't know if it was the, if we did it again, uh, we you definitely have to go in with a different mindset. I think. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, man, you did, you did so well to record a whole album. And how, how many? How long were you in there for? Three weeks exactly. Yeah. Oh, you guys have got a thing with three weeks. Yeah, man. I, I think if you're spending any more than three weeks on it, you're probably overcooking it. So. Yeah, that's I, I like that. Mm. Uh, I want to ask you about another big day out where uh, with oh, yes. Arcade Fire, yeah. Arcade Fire 2, also at Hilltop Hoods. A good mix, Dizzy Rascal as well. And then Paul Kelly. I'm... I feel like this big day out lineup is criminally underrated. We're actually on it too with our band British India. And um, yeah, what, how did you find that one? Like watching Rage every night? Rage is one of the greatest live bands I've ever seen, like live rock bands. And yeah. like you would, I, I remember standing up on the hill in one of the stands and watching them one night, just the whole crowd. Yeah. Just looked like a giant tongue. Yeah, it moving. did. Hey. It was just like moving as one. And yeah, when they play those. Like when they play that the uh, the big hits, it's just insane to watch the crowd. Yeah, that was that, that was probably the most impressive crowd reactions that I've ever seen watching that band live, and they're just so good. And I think it was cool, like kind of being on a tour with a band like that who hadn't really been. It was like kind of like they get back to it, like they just reformed, yeah, and the right. excitement was there, and you could really kind of feel it. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you something about that tour because me and the guys we talk about it all the time. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. But all the bands, you know how all the bands would get on the plane at the same time? Yes. We got on from Melbourne to Adelaide and all the bands, I don't know, I really hope you remember this. All the bands were waiting to check in the lobby the morning of the Adelaide big day out and everyone was super hungover. I'm pretty sure you you were there. You might not have been there, but the Silverchair guys were there. The Rage guys were there. Bjork was there and all their followers and everyone was super hungover. And then someone got up on the grand piano in the middle of uh, the lobby and started oh, really? <laughs> singing Dancing Queen and then everyone joined in. Do you remember that? Oh, man, I always miss the good <laughs> yeah. I never go to the after parties. I never meet anyone exciting. I do remember saying hello to Bjork and it was just really hard because she kind of just fobbed me off really nastily and I was like, oh, oh really? Because <laughs> yeah. I really loved her before that. Never meet your heroes. That's oh. just one thing you you got to learn. What about a <laughs> what about a pinch yourself moment for you? Like uh, over your career, where you've just been like, man, I can't believe I've met this person. I'm hanging out here. Is there one kind of thing that comes to mind? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've had I met a lot of people that I've admired as musicians and being kind of like, uh, they're not really my people. And yep. never really, I've never really met anyone. That I've been like, oh yeah, that's just a really amazing human being, and they're a really incredible artist. Like some, it's either or sort of for me. Um, but of course, you only get glimpses of what they're like, and they can be, you know, they're meeting thousands of people every day, so they're tired. And yeah, exactly. Like sick of it, so it's hard to approach people. I do remember meeting Tom Morello backstage. I think at that. Oh, one, cool. With a friend of ours, Stella, who plays in Warpaint, who's uh, the drummer, and oh, she was nice. close friends with him. And he seemed like a nice chap. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's an impressive guitar player. I've always admired the band. And yeah. I do remember my first time ever hearing them in like the um, uh, the back of some uh, hotel in Brisbane when I was like quite young, playing in like early bands and just being oh, really? like, wow, this record is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of cool. Awesome, man. Uh, and tell us about uh, new music. New music, yes. We are I've like been writing for the last, well, it feels like six months. Well, I finished like uh, my own. Um, solo EP and we're working on a new record with the band Sick. as well. Great. 
So, <clears throat> yeah, it should be 13, 14 songs in the next nice. uh, few months getting recorded. So Awesome, man. Excited about that. Have you booked in your spot for three weeks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's only a week, actually, this time. Oh, really? So That's I, so cool. But I think Magoo, Magoo is back on board, which is awesome. Who did uh, your album? He did he was, Unit. He was in the bubble as well and did Unit? He did Unit. And, um, yeah, it's been really lovely, like, hanging out with him and, and talking to him about um, music again. And he oh, is, cool, yeah. He's just on our wavelength. It's really nice. Great. It's weird how sometimes uh, – yeah, because it's hard to find people like that, isn't it? Because like it is. I getting mean, along relationships is are really what makes your career work. Yeah, like me meeting Ben, us meeting Magoo, yeah, even Martin, and it just everything has to kind of align and, and gel. Yeah, sick man. We'll do it. Thanks so much for coming in and chatting. We're so excited for this tour, potentially new music. We've got one more game I want to play with you. Yeah. All right, here we go. On Triple M's homegrown with Matteo, it's time for. Uh oh. It's my party or dinner. Now, this is called Right Party Dinner. I'm going to give you three artists. Okay. You've got to write a song with one. You can party with the other. The third, you have to take home for a family dinner. Okay? Okay. So your three artists, pick completely at random. Uh, Fat Boy Slim. Fat Boy Slim. Second artist. Rod Stewart. Third artist. Cindy Lauper. Man, I don't know. I'd do all three with all three. Of them. <laughs> yeah. Just, it'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, probably party with, um, or probably party with Rod, actually. Party with Rod, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dinner with Cindy, I'd say. Yeah, that works. What's the, what's the third thing again? You're writing a song with Fatboy Slim. <laughs> I don't know how that would go. <laughs> I think that'd, that'd be all right. Yeah, it'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd probably work. Yeah, cool. Awesome, Quan. Hey, thanks so much for coming in having a chat. It's awesome. Can't wait to see you live and it's been a lot of fun. Thanks, man. It's nice to meet you, man.